you're visiting with us today, and I know we have several visiting, and so we thank you for being here. We're going to, there was a sermon we started last week that we didn't get to finish, and I am a very time-conscious preacher. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't preach an hour if the Lord was in it. Amen. But the Lord's got to be in it. I normally don't preach an hour. And so somebody amen me right there. Is that right? <laughs> but uh, we had a sermon. Uh, but I wanted to be, I wanted to take my time with it. It had six points pretty much. And but I wanted to take my time with it. And a lot of times I get, I don't know, preaching kind of fast. And sometimes I, I don't elaborate enough like I should. I'm not perfect. Okay. I get excited about things. And when I start preaching, sometimes I just, I go too fast. But I wanted to be more deliberate with uh, the message Last week, and it was called "Battled, Broken, but Blessed." And the story that, that we, the text that we're drawing the message from, the story tells about Jacob, how he wrestled with the Lord. And you can find that story uh, in the Scripture uh, in Genesis chapter thirty-two. Genesis chapter thirty-two. And what we want to do is today finish up that sermon. And so, now that being said, just because you weren't here last week doesn't mean that you don't have the information. Available to you. What I'd like for you to do today, I'd like for you to take a look at your bulletin. I'd like for you to take a look at it, if you would, and on the on the uh, whatever you want to call it, the front or back. But there's a there's a message portion uh, from the sermon, and it has last week, so it has the the text verses and everything. But I want you to notice over in the notes section, uh, there's some notes written down, and it gives the first three notes, uh, the first three uh, main points from last week. Okay. And what we learned from the message last week is that God must break us of our self-dependence. God must break us of our self-dependence. And you'll see that in your bulletin there in the notes. And then the second thing was that God's breaking process reveals to us the strength or the power of our flesh. Okay. And then the, the thing that we finished pretty much with last week was God's breaking process reveals to us the strength of God. So uh, there, there's things that take place. Uh, basically, the idea is when you're wrestling with something, when you're having a struggle with something that God has placed in your life. Now, in the in the passage of Scripture, in the portion there that you'll read in Genesis chapter 32, what you're going to find is that you understand the story of Jacob and how, uh, well, in his years of being on earth, he was a schemer. Uh, he was a conniver, and uh, boy, he was somebody always trying to look to uh, get the upper hand on others. And he's he's in a, in a difficult place because God has told him to go somewhere, okay? And where God has told him to go, he's actually going to have to face his brother Esau. And he hadn't seen Esau in a long time. And he doesn't know how Esau is going to receive him because of his conniving ways from years past. And so when you read through the text, you're going to find out that as he goes through here, of course, they're setting up camp. And you can read through there uh, for time's sake. I'm going to go through all the verses that are listed there. But he, he talks about how you know, he's going to send his family over and he's going to send all his possessions. And he's going to uh, camp at a place called uh, Peniel. And uh, while he's there, of course, uh, everybody had left. Uh, verse number 23 says, and he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. So he made sure his family had, had gotten across and, and everybody. But he's going to stay in this place and camp. And verse 24 says, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. 
So uh, he got his family across. Of course, you got to remember, uh, when you read the backstory to this, uh, Esau was coming out to meet him and was going to bring 400 men with him. So, you know, we're not talking about a place where there's stadium lights and everything's all lit up. I mean, he's out here in the, you know, in the wilderness and he's at this place and all of a sudden he sent his family over and he knows that Esau and, and, and 400 men are going to meet up with him, but he don't know how they're going to receive him. Remember, there's no text messages and emails and, and all. They don't, there's no the communication. It would take a long while to talk, you know, to get a letter through. But while he's there and after he sent his stuff over and his family and all that, all of a sudden, in the darkness of the night, somebody grabs him by the hand. Now, you can imagine, he, <laughs> he doesn't know if it's Esau. He doesn't know. Uh, maybe it's one of those 400 men. Maybe Esau sent somebody ahead of him and said, take care of him. He don't know what's happening. But he knows somebody grabbed him. And the Bible tells us this in verse 24. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him. Now, notice this. I don't know for sure what time of night it was. But they wrestled until the breaking of day. So it was an all-night wrestling match. Now, we talked about that because sometimes when we read the story, our mind, you know, we, put, we see the picture, uh, you know, of a grappling. But the inner process of things is what we really focused on because here's where Jacob had to learn some things. Okay, Jacob had to learn. He, at this point, he, he's depending upon himself to win this battle. And obviously, when you're fighting with the Lord, it's a battle that you're not going to win. When you're fighting with God, God wins every time. Every time. Every time. And so, but what we found out here is that in our, in our own flesh, man, we're, that, that flesh is pretty strong. That flesh is pretty powerful. I mean, we're talking about, there's a lot of exertion there. I mean, but Jacob, think of a strong man he must have been. Now, we know that God is all powerful. And we know that just like that, God could have wiped him out. I mean, God didn't really have to wrestle with him. The point wasn't for God to necessarily uh, wrestle with him for God's benefit. There's a process of this. And Jacob learns some things through the process. Can I say something? You're going to go through things in life that you're not going to understand the process. But God is trying to show you something and teach you something through the process. Okay? That's where we get our points from. Okay? So, the way that God helps us is by breaking us of our self-dependence. We're going to do as much as we can on our own. And we're going to do it as long as we can. Think about that. To the breaking of day, Jacob wrestles with the Lord. So what we find out through that, we find out that the, the power or the strength of our flesh, that's part of that breaking process. Because God's going to do something that's going to break Jacob of his self-dependence. Now what's going to happen is when you read a little bit further, God is actually going to, in verse number 25, when he saw that he prevailed out against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. Now, when you read in the verses, it's, it's when he and when he and when it's a back and forth between God and Jacob. Now, so when God saw basically how strong the self-will of Jacob was, what did God do? He touched the hollow of his thigh so that Jacob's thigh was out of joint as we as he wrestled with him. You know what happened all of a sudden, that self-dependence got taken down a few notches. The strength that Jacob had got taken down a few notches, okay? 
Now, when he touched the hollow of his thigh, there's some significance of that. Of course, the self-dependence is going to be broken. But we see here that obviously God could have crippled him. But God didn't have to go through this. I, I mentioned that, okay? But Jacob is learning a very tremendous lesson from this. And, and when, when he, when that, have you ever had something out of joint? Have you ever had something that, I mean, and think about the thigh. So we're thinking about, of course, when you're wrestling, upper body strength is good, but you've got to have lower body strength too to grapple, okay, to, to have your ground and, and your foundation firm, you know. You, you, but he loses that. Okay, when he touched all of his thigh, oh no. So now he's only left with his upper body strength. And, and what we see from that is that when God blesses us, I want you to read another portion here. After the, the hollow of his, his thigh has been touched, I want you to notice in verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. Now, who said that? God. God. God tells Jacob to let me go. The day's breaking. But notice what Jacob said. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. What we learn from that? Well, we notice this. That, that we see here that God blesses as we cling to him. I want you to look at your fourth thing listed there. God blesses, and you can write this in, as we cling to him in our brokenness. Okay, if you got your bulletin, you can write that word down in there. Okay, four, five, and six is something that you can write in. One, th one, two, and three is what the points were last week. God blesses us as we cling to Him in our brokenness, because our self-dependence can carry us a long way, but it can't carry us all the way. You can go a long way in the power of yourself. I mean, we see that with Jacob. Some of you know how strong-willed you are. If your husband or wife was here, we could ask how strong-willed are they. Now, unless the men are henpecked and won't say amen right there, I don't know. But I, I think some of us will admit we're pretty strong-willed. We're pretty self-dependent. Okay? But when we get to a broken phase, I want you to notice here, okay, Jacob, he's hurting, he's in pain, but he, his self-dependence is gone, and now he's going to cling. And what does he tell God? God says, let me go. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Okay, so he clings to God in his brokenness. He's not fighting back anymore. He's holding on. He's holding on. He quits fighting. He quits grappling. And all of a sudden he grabs a hope. And he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. You know what's happening in a lot of our lives? It doesn't matter. Listen, you can be the best Christian in the world, but sometimes there's going to be a struggle that comes along that you're going to have to wrestle with. And you're going to have to grapple with it. And, and, and through that process, listen, you're depending on a lot of things. And God says, I'm trying to teach you something. And, and to teach you this, I might have to hurt you a little bit. I may have to touch you a little bit. And listen, it's not a fun thing. It's not an easy thing. But God touches you in that situation so that you'll cling to Him. And quit fighting it on your own. You see, God's breaking process reveals the power of our flesh. And when we're broken, we cling to Him. God blesses us as we cling to Him in our brokenness. The frailty of our bodies. You can feel strong today. 
Yet tomorrow your health may be gone. Ecclesiastes wrote to remember the Creator in the days of thy youth. While your body is still pretty much in good health. Something happens as we get older. Things start deteriorating. Things start breaking down. And and, and then the things that we wish we would have done or should have done, those start weighing on our mind. And it's an encouragement from God's Word for us to serve Him while we can. Now, there's, there's many things to be said about that. Number one, while you have physical ability, serve God. Because that could be taken away any moment. But while we have not only the, the physical ability, but while we have the, the spiritual and, and the freedom, the ability to serve God, you need to. Because there's going to come a day where even doing what we're doing today is going to be very difficult. The clamp down on Christianity and, 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 and the, the pushing of things toward uh, one world government and so forth. We know that's going to happen. And, and <laughs> it's like that path has already begun before us. But that when I think that, oh, man, I'm so strong. You know what I realize at my age now and, and some of my health conditions? I can remember when I was younger, 25 years ago. And, man, I felt like Superman. I could do, what, I could do anything. You know what you find out as the years go by? You're not Superman or Wonder Woman. You can't do everything. Let me say something about this process. God breaks us. And you may be strong, yes. But we have to understand we're not God. And no matter how strong we are, there comes an end to our strength. We're weak and we're frail. Only God is God. And I must depend totally upon Him and live my life in submission to Him. Doing what He wants. If we did, let me ask you this, if you did what you wanted to do, would you even be in church today? Can I tell you this, and this is the truth, if I only served God when I felt like it, I probably never served God. Why? Because this flesh don't feel like it. We don't serve God based on feelings. We serve God based on faith. Something that's inside of us. Our flesh is never going to feel like doing right. Why? Because the flesh goes opposite to the Spirit. The Bible teaches us that. But what happens here is pretty interesting. Some people resist God's breaking process and they grow bitter towards God because of that process, that fight that they had to endure. Jacob didn't do that. He could have went that direction. I mean, God he wrestled with God. God touched the hollow of his thigh. Now he's permanently injured for the rest of his life. He could have angrily shouted. About the Lord crippling him. But you know what he did? He didn't do that. You know what he did? Verse 26 tells us what he did. When the Lord said, let me go. He said, I'm not letting you go. You're going to bless me. You brought me to this point. I'm not letting go now. I'm going to hang on until you bless me. Listen, there's so many people, listen to me today, there are so many people that are on the brink of God doing something great for them, but if they'll just hold on, if they'll just cling to Him, don't grow bitter toward the things of the process of the things of God, but cling to Him and let God bless you in your brokenness. God blesses us as we cling to Him in our brokenness. Notice the next thing there. Verse number uh, number five in the outline. We won't cling to the Lord until we are broken. 
Until we are broken. We won't cling to the Lord until we are broken. Now, we see that in, in the passage. And, and the paradox there, basically, in that Jacob seems to have incredible strength. I, I believe he's a pretty strong man. And uh, the fact that he's clinging to the Lord after he's wounded. I mean, sometimes when pain hits, you know, that, that sharpness of pain. I've been having issues with my hip for a little while. And uh, it's, it's a, there's a nerve pain that'll go from the back of your hip to the front of your legs and all that stuff. And sometimes that sharp pain is so strong that even if you are holding on to something, you kind of lose your grip. Y'all know the, that kind of pain. But imagine that. Now, Jacob, he, he's, he's, his, his thigh has been touched. And I can imagine, I mean, he's, he's in a lot of pain, but he didn't let go. He didn't let go. There's a lot of people out there. We're just like Jacob. We won't cling to the Lord until we've lost all of our strength. Until, listen, there, there's people, some of you like me, you've been in church your whole life. You know what the Bible says. You know how you're supposed to live. You know how you're supposed to act. But how, how in the world, uh, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're stubborn. We're hard-headed. And we say, well, I know God wants this and the Bible says this, but my flesh says this right here. And we, when we do that, we go through that, and God says, hold on now. I, that's not what you're supposed to do. So I guess we're going to have to have a wrestling match. Now, I grew up watching wrestling. Now, some of you today, the wrestling that you watch is nothing like the wrestling I grew up watching. I grew up watching the real wrestling, okay? It was real. They didn't, they didn't have these, you know, muscle-bound freaks and lights and fireworks. and all, No, these were like two average Joes that got in the ring and just, just beat the fire out of each other. It was real. Y'all know it? It was real. It wasn't Hollywood drama. I mean, I can remember, uh, I grew up uh, 60 miles south of uh, Memphis and North Mississippi, and, and Memphis wrestling was what we watched. Anyway, it was a big deal. Every Saturday morning, Memphis wrestling came on. And I can, I can still hear my, my mother love that Memphis wrestling. I mean, I'm talking about 30, 40 years ago. And uh, it was always something, the referee, you know, if, something, if the bad guys were doing something, the referee had his back turned. He couldn't see what was going on. And my mother gets so mad. Turn around, referee, turn around, turn around. Hollering at the TV, you know, like he could hear. And, you know, but, but the, the ultimate thing was, you know, there, there's two guys. And most of the time, it's, it's going to be a good guy against a bad guy. And they're going to fight. And, of course, there's, there's going to be, they're not going to settle it in one match because you've got to sell a bunch of tickets to get people coming back to watch it, right? And so they have these different stipulations going on. And, and some, one time, you know, somebody get their head shaved. If they lose the match, they'd be bald-headed. And just all kind of weird, you know, little things. But the point was the good and the evil. There's two guys fighting, and, and a lot of times the bad guy would win. He might have cheated. Referee didn't see what he did. But, you know, he counted one, two, three, and the match is over. You know what? And I'm not saying we're, we're bad guy wrestlers or nothing like that. But I'm saying this. There's things that come up in our life. And God has laid out through His Word the plan of life that He wants us to follow. But sometimes we think that the referee is looking the other way. And we want to do something outside the boundaries. We want to go outside the rules. We want to go outside the realm of what God has laid out for us. You know what God says? Okay, big boy. We're going to have another match. And you know what? He puts us through a process. And the whole time we're going through the process, He's wanting us to learn some things. God's never going to put you through something just to put you through something. 
There's always an end to the means. There's always, there's faith that's being exercised. There's faith that's being tested. There's faith that's being grown through the process. We won't cling to the Lord until we're broken. And there's some of us, God, I mean, how many matches is he going to have to have with us? I mean, he might touch one thigh, or one hip, and he got to touch the other hip. And I mean, how much is God going to have to do to us to get our attention? I grew up, listen, old time way. I mean, I'm talking about there. I grew up in a day where there was an actual fear of God. I, I grew up in a day where people were scared to talk against God. People were scared uh, to go against the things of God. Even people who were not Christians or in church. I mean, they had enough respect not to blaspheme the name of God. And look where we are today. Look where we are in society. We need to come to grips with things and realize, listen, God, He's not just an old man in a rocking chair with a long white beard and just sitting up there saying, do whatever y'all want to do and everything will be all right. No, no, no. God is, is the God Almighty. He's the creator of the universe. We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. And He expects us to walk the line that He's put us on. And when you get out of line, He has a wrestling match with us. You might be thinking, well, I'm not a terrible sinner. I'm basically a good person. I want you to know something. God may have to put you through some things to see your desperate need for Him. Okay? God may have to do that. So did you get the, the, the next one there? God blesses us as we cling to Him. And our brokenness, we won't cling to the Lord until we're broken. You've got to get to that place in life. And let me give you the next one this morning, okay? Number six in your outline, it says, Clinging to God in our brokenness, in our brokenness is... And the rest of that is this, is the key to power with God. Clinging to God in our brokenness is key, is the key to the power with God. Now, when you read the text through there, when Jacob clings to the Lord and demands that, that God blesses him, you know what's going to happen? The Lord's going to give him a new name. The Lord's going to give him a new name. You see, clinging to God in our brokenness is the key to the power with God. Now, Jacob, remember, the Lord's going to tell him in verse number 30, Jacob called the name of the place uh, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. All of a sudden now he recognizes, he recognizes the process. He understands uh, what's taking place. And, uh, you know, God asked him a question. Uh, when you read up uh, a few verses before that, God asked him what his name was. Now, God knew Jacob's name. God wouldn't ask him a question to gain any knowledge. God already knows everything. But he asked Jacob that question so that Jacob would see himself or who he was. Remember what that name is? A subplanner, a schemer, a conniver. You remember that? Well, God says, I'm going to change your name. In verse number 28, God tells him this. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God. You see that? Power with God. He didn't get that until he was broken. Does this? Am I painting a picture for you today? Clinging to God in our brokenness is key to power with God. I'm just reading it right here. Jacob becomes broken. But he recognizes who he is. He understands that God is all-powerful. God can bless him. God can do something great for him. And God changes his name. With that new name comes a power with God. 
You see, that name reflects character. People in the Bible days, they wouldn't just... I can remember when our son was born, or during the process there, when my wife was expecting him, and trying to settle on a name. We bought this book, had all these names in there. You know, read through these names and trying to get all these names together and so forth and so on. Now, I remember that, but in, in, in those names, with the book we had, it had the meanings of the names and so forth. But in the Bible days, they didn't just name somebody what sounded good. They gave them a name based off a of meaning. Jacob's name is now going to be changed. His name is going to reflect his power with God. God prevailed over Jacob by crippling him of his stubbornness, his self-dependence. There's so much more, but let me say in closing, there's two things I want to mention and we're done. And it's basically this. You need to take time to get along with God. You need to take time to get along with God. You see, it was when Jacob was all alone. Verse 24. He sent everything over. He sent his family over and he's left there alone. That's when God came to wrestle with him. We need to take time to get along, get away from everybody else. And get our time with God. Oh, it might be a, a struggle. It might be a wrestling match. But you need that time alone with God so He can show you some things. He can reveal some things. When God breaks us and prevails over us, then He allows us to prevail over our problems. Because now we have a power that's not of ourselves. We recognize the power of God. Then the second thing in closing is this. When you recognize the power that God gives you, Use your victories, which come out, they, they come out of God's breaking process. Use that not only for you to learn, but to teach others. To teach others. When Jacob's family, think about this, when he came back down, he's not walking the same way he used to walk. Now he has a limp. And when his family asked him why he was limping, now he could have told them whatever he wanted to. Oh, I got just a little bit of arthritis acting up, I got a little bursitis. I got something that I've got that's 27 letters long and I can't even pronounce it. He could have said all that stuff. But I want you to know, in verse number 32, look at this. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day. Because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Jacob told him what happened. And because of that, I want you to see that there's a custom that's carried out even this day. All because of what God did to Jacob. As the Lord teaches you, and you learn from that battle, when you become victorious, take what you've learned. Be willing to teach somebody else. Because there are multiple people right now. I get, listen, if, if, our, if the scales could fall off our eyes and we saw what people were facing in this room right now. It would it, make our hearts a little more humble, a little more lovable, a little more willing maybe to be an encouragement and to teach somebody and let them know that God's with you. Battled, yes. Broken, yes. But blessed. Let's bow our heads if you would. We're going to have a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Please, I don't want to embarrass anybody. But this is a time where we take the sermon that we just heard, and as the Lord has spoken to our hearts, we find time to answer and respond to His call. Are you fighting a battle today? Are you are you pretty much at the end of your rope? Are you, are you feel like do you feel like giving up?
Do you feel like you're beyond a place where God can bless you? Maybe God has had you in a wrestling match. Maybe it's time for you to quit fighting and just cling to Him. Recognize His power and let Him bless you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. The greatest thing I could ever tell you is this, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed His blood, paid for your sin. If you step out today, I'll be glad to take the Bible and show you how you can know the Lord. In just a moment, we're going to have what we call a verse of invitation. We're going to sing, I'll be standing down front. If the Lord has spoken to you in such a manner, I invite you to come. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the word that's given. May you bless our hearts. May we act upon it. If there is one lost today, may they come to you for salvation before it's everlasting too late. Bless this time, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. As we stand on our feet.